Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Good morning. Roto experts. To the end zone. It's The mark of fantasy excellence. You have to be careful about who you think is stepping forward on the depth chart. It's time for a touchdown. We're here to help you win your leagues and win that cash. You are now tuned in to the Roto Experts in the morning. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. Rise and shine, fantasy players. It is a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Thursday, December 13th. Let's cock a doodle do it. This is Roto Experts in the morning, right here on the award winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'm your host, Dane Martinez. They call me Speeds, the fitting statistician. And as always, I am overjoyed to be joined by my man, FSWA Hall of Famer, El Rey de Fantasia, the King, Scott Angle. Scotty, and many people, semifinals get started tonight with what is a huge AFC West and AFC matchup. Chargers and Chiefs will talk about it, but I, gotta, I know you've got to be excited. We're getting into the semis. Yeah, what a way to start, uh, start the most important week of the fantasy football season so far with a potentially high-scoring game with uh, with a high-flying offense in the Chiefs and a defense that's uh, primed to give it up. There's there's going to be a lot of people, uh, you know, who have a lot of investment in this game. And we talk about on Thursdays how it's one player in one game. Well, you're talking like, you know, there's going to be like six, seven, yep. play, maybe eight players here. That uh, So if you have a lead or you're behind, it's going to be more concentrated. And I think it's a better picture of where you're going, but still, nothing will be ultimately decided on a Friday night. Friday night, but like from with one team, uh, you know, I have Tyree Kill, Justin Jackson, uh, Harrison Butker, and Patrick Mahomes and Keenan Allen all on the same team. Yep, there you go. Like what the point we make usually, Scott, right? Like when it was Derrick Henry or when it was Big Ben, like that is in most cases like one tenth of your of your lineup. You know, and everybody on and every, you know, tenth of that lineup has the potential to under or overperform. And so when it was just Derrick Henry going off, to your point, you know, you had nine more chances still for someone to defecate the mattress or for you to blow up but to your point scotty it sounds like you have five maybe maybe 50 percent 
percent of your team going tonight. So yes, if they collectively, you know, dramatically over or underperform, it will be that much easier or harder for your opponent. Absolutely, Scott. This is the big game, but also, you know, there's a number of people who, uh, you know aren't playing in this game from who we thought would be just either a week ago or two weeks ago or six weeks ago. You know, there is no Kareem Hunt we know about. It looks like Spencer Ware is now doubtful for Kansas City. It looks like, you know, Terry Kill is going to go. But what do you think this means for, you know, Damian Williams and the Chiefs running game? Well, Damian Williams is obviously going to be the lead back. Uh, check out my... My lineup ranks on rotoexperts.com this morning. The deluxe lineup ranks for your playoffs because it's so important. There are player notes on, and outlooks for that I wrote to go with the ranks for every single significant players. And Damian Williams has to be top 16 because of the offense that he's playing in. And, you know, in the past, we've seen some explosive plays from him with the Miami Dolphins. Uh, I don't think he's as talented, obviously, as Kareem Hunt. Uh, will he share some of the workload? It's very possible. But, you know, as we saw last week, I think he is going to be their main running back, so you have to consider him as top 15, top 16. I wouldn't start him over a guy with a more proven workload, say, like a Nick Chubb, uh, you know, or, or somebody like that, or even a David Johnson. But, you know, he's, he's definitely in higher RB2 territory. Absolutely, and you can get Scott's you know week fifteen rankings over on RotoExperts.com. The mark of fantasy excellence. You got to make sure you get that RotoExperts exclusive edge package. Special discounts though for the uh, rest of the season. You know it's interesting. Uh, you mentioned with your expanded kind of note annotated ranks. You also mentioned that the Chargers there, the 20th ranked defense against running backs. You do have Damian Williams ahead of other guys that you've liked this year. Guys like, for example, Chris Carson ahead of a guy like James White, which is very interesting. But you have him back to back with the running back on the other side of this game. You have Williams at 15. You have Justin Jackson at 14 because it looks like Melvin Gordon's out. Austin Eckler's out. It's interesting. Both of these teams who have the two best records in the AFC are down to their third string running back for this heated, huge matchup. Yeah, I like Jackson slightly over Williams because I think he's going to be guaranteed a bigger share of the workload. And, you know, this this team internally, you know, about him, he's they're very excited. You know, he looks he looks dynamic when he gets the ball and he should get most of the workload here. Uh, again, I wouldn't start him over a guy with a guaranteed workload like a, like a Nick Chubb or even a David Johnson because, you know, this is his first real chance to get to start. Uh, NFL Network last, yesterday evening uh, was reporting that Anthony Lynn was saying that he's, he really doesn't expect Melvin Gordon to play. So Justin Jackson, you know, certainly certainly in that top 14 or so. Okay, absolutely. Hey, one other injury in this game that I want to um, get at because – it's, we talk about it less. We're talking about usually all these times skill players when it talks about the injuries. But some people who care more about defenses or IDPs, uh, Pro Bowl safety Eric Berry is set, it looks like, to return for the Kansas City Chiefs, Scott. Now, I know we haven't seen him all year. I know he is a Pro Bowl caliber player. To be quite honest, he's missed most of the last couple of years, if you want to know the truth. But what does his return potentially mean for the Chiefs' defense? Um 
you know, both in the short term, maybe tonight, but in general, I mean, the Chiefs are a defense that we've been attacking on some level, but this is a Pro Bowl guy coming back, you know, in the secondary on a team who plays a lot of back-and-forth games. What does the return of Eric Berry mean for this defense? Well, he's certainly not going to start him in fantasy. Uh, you know, we've seen not 14 weeks with either bad or underwhelming play. Uh, you know, it certainly helps, and uh, I think it makes opposing quarterbacks a little bit more cautious, but there there are other ways to beat the Chiefs. Meaning? Meaning you can, uh, meaning that, you know, you can attack their corners. Uh, you know, if he's going to give safety help to a certain wide receiver, it's not like you're going to bench Keenan Allen tonight because, you know, maybe Eric Berry will give the corners some safety help. So, uh, you know, maybe Phillip Rivers goes elsewhere with the football. You know, Eric Berry's one player. No, okay. he's one safety. You know, those corners are still very vulnerable. The pass rush is inconsistent. So, uh, you know, maybe it makes them a little tougher to attack, but not drastically. Okay, interesting. If we play it out long term, if we play it out long term, does this matter? We only got uh, two weeks left. What's long term? No, 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 no. Scott, this is not only about season-long fantasy. We talk gambling. We talk all sorts of other things here as well. You know, it's not just the two weeks left in, in, in um, the, fan, the season-long fantasy season, okay? So, for example, you understand about the corners. I'm talking down the road. Like, you talk about the safety, you know, these these Chiefs are potentially on a collision course with the New England Patriots. So having Barry there, the ability to potentially handle Gronk in a potential AFC championship, when you're betting futures for the AFC title, for the Super Bowl, for things like this, this is a key piece uh, when thinking about, you know, specifically a guy like Rob Gronkowski that he may have to see deep in the playoffs. That's true, but Tom Brady's such a good quarterback, he'll know where to go elsewhere with the ball. He'll adjust. The Patriots always do. They find your weakness, and they attack it. And, look, Eric Berry's one guy. He's very good, but he's one guy. And, uh, you know, after missing 14 weeks, you know, what kind of conditioning is he in? So we can't Mm -hmm. assume that, you know, this is going to be a major detriment to opponents yet. No, absolutely. Are there any? Uh, what about any impact? Do you think because the Kansas City Chiefs got their totals in their games have been in the mid to high fifties all year long? Might you be more inclined to maybe think the Chiefs can hold it a little bit down? Do you like underplays a little bit more? Maybe. No, I think it's no? overrated. The return of Barry. Okay, you know that's Fair still enough. a very vulnerable defense overall. Okay, no, and that's and that's the point that we do need to make. That while he is a very talented player, you're say, it sounds like you're saying that the overall impact on the defense is minimal. I would I would I would say yeah yeah okay definitely Fair definitely with, for the rest of the the regular season and possibly the playoffs because in the playoffs they're going to face some high flying offense. If they they face Pittsburgh, Eric Berry can't double team everybody by himself. No, that's absolutely true. And yeah. right now, to be quite honest, you know, if the Chiefs are the one seed right now, very interestingly, it could be a, a matchup of whoever would win that 4-5 game, which right now would be a Pittsburgh Chargers kind of game. That would be um, fun. Yeah, that would be incredibly fun. I want to ask, you know, we got to find out. Maybe we'll ask Dr. Ray. Remember about a couple weeks ago, Scott? We heard little, you know, rumblings about Hunter Henry being ahead of schedule and maybe being able to come off and be ready for the playoffs. We haven't heard anything else about him in a few weeks. That would be another tight end that you would need a safety like Eric Berry to uh, think about in the kind of playoffs. But that is far down the road. Well, a lot of seeding will be determined in tonight's game, Chiefs and Chargers. I'm very excited about that. We will give it a more complete preview a little bit later on in the show. We will go into Scotty's Week 15 annotated 
updated rankings a little bit on as well. Here's what I want to say, though, Scotty. It's, it was Wednesday yesterday, so you started getting practice reports. And as we always talk about, it's really just a baseline, right? And we want to see how they're trending until we're able to talk to Dr. A on, uh, on tomorrow's show. <clears throat> but one that really is starting to uh, intrigue me or pique my interest or be on my radar with the way they're talking about it, Scott, What's up with Carson Wentz? It sounds like there's like legitimate concern that there's an issue for Carson Wentz and uh, stir up the echoes of Nick Foles. Remember, they are going to Los Angeles to play the Rams on Sunday night. That is exactly the scene of the crime where Carson Wentz tore his ACL. And now a year later, it sounds like he's struggling with uh, a couple of injuries. Yeah, it looks like the back is the most prominent injury. And, yeah. uh, you know, the issue with that is that uh, it, it, there's reports that it may keep him out the rest of the season. And, you know, they they really, really need this win to have any shots, shot at the wild card. Look, Nick Fultz has won with this team before. You know, he, sure he, won, has. <laughs> he won the Super Bowl. So, you know, it's it's not always it's not always terrible drop-off to the backup quarterback. They know how to fine-tune the offense for him to work it. So I, I, don't, I don't think you can – uh, downgrade necessarily all the skill position players like people do when they go to the backup quarterback. You know, Wentz did throw three touchdowns, but he's been last week. But he's he's been very disappointing overall. All right, so uh, here's the thing. Wait, Scott, because this is a Sunday night game, right? So you yeah. may have incomplete information. And, and and you know what further complicates it to me? The fact that there's two games on Saturday, you know, gives you – takes four teams also off the docket, you know, that you can use to help manage or find emergencies. And now this is a Sunday night one. How are you treating this? Like I remember on waivers when I was asking about like, oh, Dak Prescott, Josh Allen, dude, who do you take? And you were like, there's no team that's not already prepared for it. But now let's see. Let's say you have Carson Wentz, and there's serious concern here. How do you treat this, especially given that it's the Sunday night game, Scott? You don't have to wait for Sunday night. Carson Wentz is—they already said he's not expected to play, so you're treating him like he's out. But then again, most 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 uh, contending fantasy teams have not been starting Carson Wentz at quarterback. You could be if you're if you're a superflex league. <laughs> you know, you if you're well, I was talking by default one quarterback. If I know, if but we have you, to you talk play in a two quarterback league, there, there, there's hardly anything out there for you to pick up. Hopefully, you've, you've rostered somebody who's a third quarterback, and you got to pop him in, even if it's a friggin' Jeff Driscoll. Yeah. All right. So what about so Wentz is obviously a big one. What about other names that we've been talking about for a while? Um, any of them scaring you? We talk about like, you know, T.Y. Hilton, uh, Big Ben. What's going to happen with James Conner? Do we have any chance of uh, on Johnson rejoining the Detroit Lions? Like what's what injuries are, are the ones you're watching, Scott? Yeah, Johnson's not expected to play. You know, it's okay, so it's just not it's not going to happen. You know, Melvin Gordon, obviously, like we said, not expected to play tonight. So uh, you get ready to fire up Justin Jackson, like we said. T.Y. Hilton's got an ankle injury, so let's see if he practices today or tomorrow at all. You know, that's a new injury for him, so it is a little bit concerning. Matt Breed is back at practice, and uh, there's a possibility that he could play this week. So, you know, that would definitely put a damper on Josh Wilson. You know, so that, that that's uh, that's something else to watch out for as well. You know, he could be on the way back to play against Seattle. It could be a timeshare there or... Breida could be the lead back, but it certainly, you know, puts puts a hole in, in Josh in Josh Wilson right there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
What do we know about this uh, Dallas offensive line? You know, Zach Martin <clears throat> had a knee injury. We think he's going to be okay. And then, you know, we, we start to get ready for our interview with Dr. A on Friday. Scott, I don't know. I didn't mention this story to you. Did you see this last week? The Another Dallas offensive lineman, Tyron Smith, uh, big boy, shall we say. He had a, um, he had a huge elbow. And he has an elbow injury. He had a big old elbow brace on. Did you hear this story? Scott, I really we got to ask Dr. A about this. Um, because he is just such a, a large human being, you know what they were reporting that, and he had an elbow injury, he was using a knee brace as his elbow brace, Scott. Did you hear that? No, I didn't see this one. Where yeah, did you see that one? And, all the other, and all the other players like, I got to see this, I got to see this. They literally didn't have an elbow brace that was big enough for him, so they used a regular man-sized knee brace for him. I want to actually ask Dr. A about the mechanics of that, and if that was like actually a smart decision if it can perform the same function. I think that's kind of crazy, huh? It, it is kind of crazy. You know, how do you think <laughs> yeah. it affects him for this week? I don't know. Um, hopefully they got a, a, a different custom-made one so he could be actually at 100%. And I ask because, listen, we know the way the Dallas Cowboys are trying to win games these days, right? They feed Ezekiel Elliott, and they now have their weapon, Amari Cooper, on the outside. But we know Zach Martin is banged up. Tyron Smith is obviously struggling with something in his elbow as well. That is 40% of you know what people think need to be a strong offensive line for the Dallas Cowboys to play the way they want to play. That's the way I think it impacts this week. Yeah, I, I I think for sure, you know. But it's uh, look, you know, like you said, those are some, those are some big guys out there. The offensive line counts, and uh, you know, the, the Indianapolis's defense has been playing some underrated football. They they really yeah. shut down the run last week against Houston, which has a worse offensive line. So, uh, you know, that doesn't help. It doesn't help. So it's something that bears watching. But I'm I'm more interested in asking Doctor A, like, how crazy is that? You said to yeah. use like a knee brace on a man's elbow. One other um, sad news to report, kind of, Scott. Darius Geis, it came out, you know, he too, um, after his surgery, has been like struggling with infections, have had to do antibiotics. He's had multiple surgeries, pushing back his timeline. Scott, you know, Washington running back Geis had infections after his surgery. Washington quarterback Alex Smith, as we all know and have heard, had, sur- had, had infections after his surgery. Um, is there anything up with the team doctor that we need to know about here or the medical staff in Washington? I don't. Was it different doctors? I think, I think it's. I think it's kind of wild speculation to blame somebody for that. I'm not blaming. I'm not blaming. I'm actually. Yeah. I'm more asking. Like, do you think that uh, it's the same kind of doctors performing surgery? Do we think there's anything to to? I'm asking. Do you think there's anything there? In relation to one to the other, it's, it's I, in relation to like. Listen, there's been a narrative, for example, for years. There was a little time where people were like, the Mets training staff was an issue. The way they consistently handled injuries. Like, I'm wondering if there's any, uh, if there's anything going on in the Washington medical staff. Yeah, it's, I, I think I think that's. I, I don't want to. I don't want to speculate on that. I don't know who performed okay. the surgeries. Yeah, neither do I. I'm wondering. Yeah. I'm not stating. I'm asking. When we come back, we're going to dive into uh, Scotty's ranks and get ready for a big Week 15. It's Roto Experts in the morning. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only place to go for 24-7 fantasy sports advice. Once you download the FNTSY Sports Radio app, you'll get the most accurate experts and most entertaining programming in the fantasy sports world. Listen to great shows like Fantasy Football Frenzy. There you go right there, Goon Squad. Game Time Decisions. Good teams win, great teams cover. Fantasy Freestyle. You know what it is. And plenty more. Boo! 
move. Download the FNTSY Sports Radio app on your iPhone and Android devices now and take the best fantasy sports talk wherever life leads you. Welcome back. It's Roto Experts in the Morning right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Dane Martinez and the King, Scott Angle, coming back. Uh, Scotty, I sent you the link to that that story. Pretty crazy, right? Tyron Smith's such a big man that he's using a knee brace as an elbow brace. Yeah, that's that's crazy. What's also crazy <laughs> is hearing Corey sing songs about me. You know, it's uh, it's obviously that, you know, this is over. You know, it's deteriorated to the point where he just calls me names and sings about me as he has nothing else. You know, fan, fantasy-wise, uh, you know, the lesson has been learned. There you go. It sounds like yeah. you think the man is grasping at straws. I got to let people know also, Scotty, the DailyRoto.com NBA lineup optimizer. It's now available. It means you can use the same tools and projections that DailyRoto.com NFL subscribers are using to win each week for NBA DFS contests. DailyRoto.com has produced seven separate FanDuel and DraftKings million-dollar tournament winners and millions more in cumulative prizes. If you're playing DFS and you're not using the DailyRoto tools, projections, optimizers, you're straight up doing it wrong. You're at a competitive disadvantage go to dailyroto.com click on the go premium tab enter the promo code fntsy for a special discount and start winning today that's dailyroto.com click on the go premium tab enter the promo code fantasy fntsy start winning today hey scotty one other piece of news and notes you know we were talking about it a little bit but just to let everybody know we are at uh baltimore ravens are starting lamar lamar jackson um, on Sunday against Tampa Bay, you know, Joe Flacco came out and talked and, you know, they had the cameras in front of him yesterday. He was talking about how, listen, it's tough for any kind of professional, especially a guy who's been a franchise quarterback for, you know, the last decade for that organization. But, he, you know, ever the professional, he was like, listen, I know when they drafted him that this was going to happen at some point in time. And he talked about how hard it is. But, you know, uh, he said all the right things. But it looks like, you know, in my opinion, Joe Flacco has started his last game for the Baltimore Ravens yeah you know I was saying it yesterday I wasn't worried about Flacco coming back at all you know this team is three and one with Lamar Jackson it's not like Flacco could add anything to the offense which is you know the really the big takeaway here it's, it's not like you know they have a gutter back there and Flacco like he used to be uh in his prime uh you know he can't do anything extra to threaten defenses Fair enough. So maybe he's not that, but he still could be a game manager. And there are definitely some teams out there, um, you know, that oh, yeah. could still use him. Like he's going. I, so let's put it this way. You know, I was talking to you about the props builder tool, right, over on my bookie. You know, if you had to build a prop, Scott, about and he was, the, and if I said the prop was, will Joe Flacco be a starter for? an NFL team in week one of the 2019 NFL season, would you make the favorite be yes or no? I think the favorite would be yes. I think he will be a starter in the NFL next season. I'm going to say yes, because look, quarterback is such a hard position to fill in the NFL. Yeah, and you got to figure, I mean, he is still one of the 32 best of them. And I've said it many, many times. I believe that the Jacksonville Jaguars would be a team well-suited for what he still is able to bring to the table. Um, But, you know, it's Lamar time. They drafted him. They're going with him. And as we know, he provides a very interesting floor uh, because of his rushing potential. Um, 
Scotty, I look in your ranks. You have Lamar Jackson ranked as your 15th quarterback, right behind Cam Newton, right behind Matt Ryan, ahead, ahead of Kirk Cousins, ahead of Aaron Rodgers. And you note that the Bucks have allowed one rushing touchdown to opposing quarterbacks. Yeah, you know, I, I like I like Lamar Jackson, you know, to a degree. Uh, he obviously been very erratic throwing the ball, but you know, Kirk Cousins, you can't trust him after what you saw last week. You know, the offense may improve, but you can't bank on it. Aaron Rodgers has a very, very difficult matchup, as I know about my lineup ranks on rotoexperts.com this morning. You know, the Bears are best against opposing quarterbacks. They allow 13.5 fantasy points per game to the position. Yeah, absolutely. Two quarterbacks, Scott, that you have inside your top 12, but you have dramatically higher than the consensus ranks. Uh, the first guy I want to ask you about is Mitchell Trubisky. Came back last week. You know, they 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 kind of punched and clawed and slugged their way to a win against the Rams. This week they are home against the Packers. You have uh, Trubisky as QB9, seven spots higher than the consensus. You note that the Packers have been giving up touchdown passes, especially in their last few weeks. You think Trubisky keeps it going? Yeah, this is not the same uh, Packers that he faced in week one that held him to no touchdown passes. Trubisky's second week back, I think he'll be in better form, uh, and I kind of like the matchup for him. Fair enough. The other quarterback that fits that uh, category here, you have seven spots higher than the consensus, and inside your top 12 is Baker Mayfield on Sunday, uh, excuse me, not Sunday, on Saturday night. They are in Denver, and you note that the Broncos have actually allowed over 300 passing yards um, three of the last four weeks, including last a guy like Nick Mullins, so you think Baker can continue to capitalize. you got Baker inside your top 12. Yeah, he's not afraid to gun it right now. Uh, I think he's really hit his stride. Uh, the mechanics are crisp. The reads are quick, and he's not afraid to throw it downfield. Denver is overrated on defense. I like Baker Mayfield this week. Yeah, and I just want to give another shout-out. Listen, we've been talking about Josh Allen. You know, before you made your ranks, like yesterday I asked you, and you said you thought he'd be just outside the top 12. You, you know, you, you projected maybe around like 14. Turns out he's inside your top 12. You have Josh Allen as QB 12. Scott, you have Josh Allen ahead of Cam Newton, ahead of Matt Ryan and others this week. It's amazing uh, this kid's rise over the last month. Yeah, you know, the rushing yardage is there. It'll probably be again this week. You know, he's not afraid to take shots downfield, which can work to his advantage, but both his detriment as well. But uh, I, I don't like Cam Newton versus New Orleans this week. New Orleans is playing very well. Cam Newton's like Dinkin and Duncan. Uh, you know, Matt Ryan is uh, actually, you know, he's, the, the Cardinals are actually third best against fantasy quarterbacks. So yeah. you know, I think a lot of people t t sometimes look at the record Rather than the statistics, they don't respect Arizona. But, you know, teams tend to run more in Arizona than anything. And, you know, Matt Ryan's been kind of up and down the last few weeks. I'd rather take a crack on the upside of Josh Allen. With Matt Ryan, though, here's my devil's advocate for you. You say teams are running a lot more on Arizona. The issue for me is that Atlanta just has not been equipped to be able to run the ball effectively. We see that Tevin Coleman and Edo Smith haven't completely done it. And the other part for me in this, why I kind of do like Matt Ryan a little bit this week, is, you know, he's back indoors, you know, back home. And I think that's a big difference for a guy like Matt Ryan. When he goes outside at the beginning of the year, it was like at Philly, at Pittsburgh. It was a different Matt Ryan. He's at least back home in the Dome. Well, you know, last last time at home, you know, one touchdown pass, no interceptions. You know, that granted that was against Baltimore, but uh, you know, he's he's only thrown 
uh, you know, five touchdown passes in his last five games. So, you know, he's not he's not trending in the right direction no matter where it is. You figure Patrick Peterson's going to be on Julio. You know, there's not a lot of other places for him to go with the ball that he can rely on. All right, let's take a look at some of these running backs, Scott, because, you know, we've already talked, like, and you make a good point. At quarterback, right, you're probably not uh, in a position where you're searching in season-long fantasy. You may be seeing some values here in Scotty's ranks in terms of, like I mentioned, DFS or the props builder tool on some of these websites, right? But the running back is a different kind of ball of wax, okay? This is a place where you may be struggling. You may be without people like a Spencer Ware, like an Austin Eckler, you know, who have been great, you know, fill-ins for you in the last few weeks or like studs that you've been relying all season long on, like Melvin Gordon, James Conner, and others, right? LaShawn McCoy, in fact, as well. So let's talk about some of these guys. Scotty, I, I, I don't look in your ranks. Honestly, I don't look at really the top 20 because to be honest, if you have a guy ranked 8th or 11th, doesn't really matter in season long, right? If they're 14th or 17th, doesn't really matter. You're starting them, right? So I look at kind of the cusp. So I, I my eye automatically goes to the 20s in your ranks and I want to ask you about two guys who you have higher than the consensus. The first is Josh Adams in Philadelphia. Okay, they're at the Rams. Now, I wanted to ask you about this now with news of, you know, with news of Carson Wentz and with what I expect as a kind of more high scoring game flow. And especially if it's Nick Foles against the the high flying offense of the Rams. I think this is yet another mark in the category of maybe Darren Sproles getting production and not necessarily the early down back that is Josh Adams. Tell me why you're higher on Josh Adams than the consensus, especially, and and does the Carson Wentz news help or hurt uh, Adams in your opinion? I don't think I'm that high on him. I have ranked number 26, which uh, makes him a flex play. Uh, You know, there's volume there, so I have to give him credit for the volume. The Rams have not allowed a rushing touchdown into a running back in three straight games, and that could hurt him too, uh, you know, which is why he's more of an RB3 type. So, you know, I've had Josh Adams ranked higher than this probably every previous week, so I don't think it's a positive reflection on him. Okay, it is still higher than the consensus rank, so there, you see something in him. You see something there's in vol- him. There, there's, you- there's, there's volume there. Okay. And, you know, I, so- I think the game plan, I think the game plan coming, coming out is going to, you know, play ball control, try to take pressure off the quarterback, you know, and give Josh Allen, Josh Adams, like a bunch of carries. Whether it'll work or not, we'll have to see. Uh, you know, if you get him on the outside, he runs well on the perimeter. Yep. Absolutely. And one spot ahead of him is Jets running back Elijah McGuire. Now, I noted. Scott, yesterday, that it's like all the Jets running backs are banged up, didn't practice. I think McGuire did return to practice, so he's looking okay. Yeah. I like, I like you know, the way he profiles for this game. He is that kind of shifty back. Remember, I was telling you guys about him when he was coming off the pup list. And listen, to, to be just quite honest, the Jets don't have many dynamic playmakers. So I can see a lot of underneath targets to Elijah McGuire, this, almost similar to how I can see a lot of, like, underneath targets to a guy like Chris Thompson. You know, uh, tell me why you like Elijah McGuire. I do because he's versatile, he's speedy, and he's not afraid to get physical. And uh, as the injury probably trends in a better direction, I'll probably move him up a few slots. But, you know, Houston Houston is kind of tough on opposing running backs, but if they can get him out in space, I think he can give you decent production. I don't think there's a ton of upside there, but I like him as a respectable flex this week. 
Got you. Uh, another player that it seems like you are okay with as a flex is your RB30, and that is Marlon Mack. However, you are a little bit lower on Marlon Mack than the consensus ranks. I want to ask you, is that, you know, you being seven below the consensus, is that more a function of that Dallas defense that they're facing and their kind of impact and success recently, or a function of something else like Andrew Luck throwing the ball a lot more or um, Naheem Hines eating into opportunity, or is it mostly because of the Dallas defense that they're facing? Ranked number 30, that, that means I don't like Marlon Mack this week. Uh, you know, all yeah, but you're flexing him. Consensus too. It means that yeah, you're flexing I'll, him. Well, the, I think you have to go to the overall flex ranks and look at that. You know, it's uh, you know, I, I maybe maybe you use him, but I'm not comfortable with it. You know, there's not a lot of running. I would say, you know, you have to look at the context here. I would say probably after running back, I would say, let's see, after running back 25, I'm not comfortable with these guys as flexes just because they fall in a numerical bracket where you say they were in the top 36. It doesn't mean I like them as a flex. Uh, you know, it's kind of like what I talk about in the preseason. Like, there were only seven RB1s. Just because a guy listed as number 12 doesn't mean he's an RB1. It means that there's a lack of really, you know, uh, options at the position. If you've got to turn to Marlon Mack, you're not comfortable with it. But I'd rather use him of a guy like Doug Martin or Kenyon Drake or Jordan Howard. I don't like Marlon Mack this week. Uh, I, I usually had him ranked much higher, but you know the production hasn't been there in recent weeks, and Dallas has not allowed a seventy-yard rusher in its last five, and one rush TD in, in, in its la- over that same span. So, look, the offense will move, and he'll get some goal line opportunities, but I'm not high on him this week, and he's certainly not within my top thirty. He's not in, within my top thirty-five flex guys when you turn to my flex rankings. Yes, but when you say 35 flex, I mean, your, your, your number one flex guy is Todd Gurley. You know, of course he's in your running back. You know, so like, I mean, when you say... Well, he's also in say, the running back rankings, too. Yes, I understand. But when we're talking about the flex ranks, you, in essence, have to, you know, take away the top, uh, like, I don't know exactly the number, 48, 50, something like that. Because these guys are all starting as wide receiver ones or as RB ones or as RB twos. So when you take them off, like what is remaining the player universe, your options for flex are a little bit more limited. And you Marlon like Mack, Marlon. Marlon Mack is my 66th ranked yep. player at flex. So Absolutely. obviously I'm not too high on him. Um, you know, I mean, there are a lot of wide receivers that I would use over him. Yes, it's all relative, you know, but and so what you are saying, though, is that you like him better than everyone except 65 guys, <laughs> you know, relatively speaking. And if that's, those not, 65, that's not an endorsement, Ah, you know, but here's the thing, Scott. This is all relative. It's all relative to your options. That's what every decision here is, right? And so, you know, when you talk about qualifiers like uh, confident, you know, and, and, and how solid they are, those are all also right. relative terms, okay? Of course it's relative to your options. So the only thing you can do when you're making rankings is provide kind of constructs for the average player. We don't know everyone's you know, situation. We don't know everyone's 
Marlon's choice about it being relative. You know, for some guys, this Marlon Mack thing, their other choice may be Allen Robinson. And in that case, you go Allen Robinson because he's 56 flex for you. For another owner, it may be their choice, maybe Marlon Mack or Alshon Jeffrey. And in that situation, you feel relatively more comfortable with Marlon Mack over Alshon Jeffrey, as indicated by your rankings. I, w- you know? I, would, not, I, would, not, I would not use the word comfortable. You know, that's not one of my qualifiers. If, it, if a guy is 66 flex and 30 running back, it's, it's not comfortable. Right. I, you, I don't say that word either, though, Scott. You're saying how yeah. comfortable you are with it. I'm saying obviously I don't even use the word relative. comfortable with, with, a, with a rank like that. Uh, okay. I think we're, thinking, we're talking about different semantical things. My point is that they are all relative to your choices and your options on your team. And so given that, my, my question on Marlon Mack for you is, why originally was relative to the consensus, was your drop mostly be driven by the Dallas defense Dallas kind of things or Indianapolis kinds of things? And it sounds like recent, your answer recent performance is that it's There you go. So mostly yeah. there you go. The recent performance there yeah. and the matchup with the Dallas Cowboys. Two other guys that you have a little bit lower than the consensus. So relative to the consensus, you don't like them as much. One guy I want to ask you about is Deion Lewis, who you have ranked number 37. Talk to me about Deion Lewis and Derrick Henry, who you have now ranked running back 24. Is this the first time you've had Henry ranked above Deion Lewis this year? Yes, it is. You know, Deion Lewis's performance recently makes him makes him barely rosterable, much less mm-hmm. not useful. Okay, so it's, so I'm I'm asking because like, listen, if this is the first time this year you've had Henry over Lewis, am I is that safe to say that you think maybe last Thursday's performance was the beginning of a shift into who is that lead dog in Tennessee? Uh, I think when the, you look at the Giants have the 27th uh, yeah. defense against opposing running backs, I, I think I think Tennessee knows they have something that they can exploit here. There's a possibility. To build some momentum, but I can't be confident enough to rank him, say, in the top 20. All right, fair enough. So maybe a little bit of a return to some smash mouth with Derrick Henry here in New York against the Giants. We talk wide receivers and tight ends and Thursday night football when we come back. Roto experts in the morning, Dane and Scott, come on back. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice, we play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Other people's players. It's Roto Experts in the morning here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Dane Martinez and the King Scott Angle will be looking a little bit more into his ranks, talk a little bit more about Thursday night football. We got some callers on the line as well. But Scott, I got to let people know if you want to bet on some sports, go on over to BetDSI. They got wagering options for almost any sport you can think of sides, totals, player props, when you can utilize your daily fantasy skills 
without salary cap constraints. You can even wager on esports, politics, and reality TV. I told you about my man Nick and Survivor. He got through yet another tribal council last night. Or get an edge with live betting at BetDSI when you can wager virtually any time during a contest capitalizing on in-game circumstances. There are just so many ways to make money. Use the promo code FNTSY101 when you sign up. You'll get 100% bonus deposit match. Once you've opened your account, go to DailyRoto.com, click on Contact Us, and send us your BetDSI username. We'll give you one month of Daily Roto access totally free. That's access to all sports tools and optimizers. Go get your BetDSI account. Use the promo code FNTSY101, and then go on over get your free membership to DailyRoto.com. Hey, Scotty, we got a uh, caller on the line, and it seems like it's one of your co-managers where you're still live. So I don't know if this is going to be a question or a celebration call, but we got Dom in Queens. You're on uh, Roto Experts in the Morning. What's up, Dom? Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Thank you for the What's intro. What's up, bro? Feeling good, What's feeling up, good. How, How you doing? Good morning. Good. All right. How's, the, how's your Hanukkah going so far, Scotty? Uh, Hanukkah's over, but thank you. Hey, Dom, how's that Jack Doyle draft pick turning out for you? Oh, Jack Doyle, number one. Jack Doyle, <laughs> number one. The first guy on IR. <laughs> yeah, Kyle Rudolph What's... hasn't been too much better either. What's going on, Dom, uh, as you guys get ready, oh. as you guys get ready to uh, defend your championship uh, this week in the semis? What's up? Well, I heard you guys yesterday talking about uh, Kirk Cousins, and I wanted to uh, have a couple of questions regarding Kirk Cousins. I have uh, 20 total uh, roster moves on my on my uh, in my league setting. You know, we want we don't we want to leave the guys right. out there for everybody. Made friendly league, so I got one more move left, and I have Kirk Cousins as my only quarterback on my roster. Now, right, it seems a little bit tough for me because now the only guys remaining. I could either pick up Nick Foles, Derek Carr, Mullins, Johnson, Driscoll, and Tannehill, and Keenum. But do you guys think that Kirk Cousins is going to be better than the rest of those guys? Or how do you, how do you think I'm sitting with Kirk Cousins as my only quarterback? Uh, those other guys you mentioned are all desperation options. Unless Josh Allen is there, I think you have to stick with Cousins and hope the offensive coordinator changed, uh, you know, turns things around. I can't, you, can't, you can't be going with Tannehill and Keenum at this important time of the year. What Especially about Foles, Scotty? That, no, I, I I can't do it. It's uh, you know Foles is is not of a good fantasy passer as Wentz. You know even when he's on his game, uh, more of a game manager type who can you know have a have a good game here and there. And you certainly don't want Tannehill. You look at the Vikings. The Vikings have not not allowed an opposing passer to crack fifteen points in the last eight eight games. So you know Cousins is the only one that might have a decent floor there. I'm a little bit different on it, Dom, just to give you another perspective on it. Um, I think Foles is viable also because of the game script that I expect with the Rams. And the problem for me with Cousins is all the reports we've heard after the John DiFilippo firing, all that we've heard is that they want more balance. And to me, that's running the ball a little bit more and throwing the ball a little bit less. So I personally am worried about Cousins. And out of those names, I think Foles has a shot to be a play for you. But I understand if you also don't want to get too cute in your playoffs. Just another perspective. And watch Scott go ahead and debate it now. Go ahead. Well, uh, you know, I'm not but saying that. But you don't have to, Scott. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying I'm not worried about about uh, about him, but you know I I don't expect a lot offensively from from uh, from Nick Foles either. What else you got, Dom? Good to go. Well, no, no, a couple more, uh, one more question. I, I've been throwing about this, you know, all all season long. I kind of drafted Robert Woods as a backup to Brandon Cooks, but both of them have been producing. But now, yep. in a great matchup. I have DJ Moore against New Orleans. 
at home for the Panthers, do I possibly bench Keenan Allen, Robert Woods, or Brandon Cooks for for DJ no, Moore? That that's that's oh, matchup right? over. That's matchup over analysis. No, no matter what the matchup is, DJ Moore is not in those guys' league. Yeah, he's, he's had two good games in terms of PPR and then scored twice before. But the, you look, look, look at the Saints on paper, and yeah, they're one of the worst teams against uh, uh, fantasy points per game to opposing oppo- uh, opposing wide receivers. But they've been playing a lot better over the last five games. There is absolutely no way. That's matchup over analysis. Matchups should only be used to govern decisions between similarly ranked players, and he, DJ's more not close to any of those guys. Hey, uh, Dom, I agree I agree with Scotty on this one. The one thing I would throw in, though, is is there – like those three wide receivers you mentioned are, um, you know, have a working margin over DJ Moore in my opinion. I do, however, like DJ Moore. I like the matchup that you're talking about. Is there any opportunity to flex DJ Moore over, like, say, the running back you would, might have in that spot right now? No, because my it's – a, it's a- Short uh, roster, so uh, gotcha. wide receivers and one flex, and I'm All going right. out with Keenan Allen, Robert yeah. Wood, McCaffrey, Nick Chubb, and Brandon Cook. Yeah, I even now then Moore's got to be on the bench. Get more on the bench, yeah. Yeah, then yeah. Moore's on the bench. He doesn't have a chair when the music stops. Sorry, uh, but you know, good luck, Dom, this week. All right. Thanks. Appreciate it, Dean. All right, man. Have a good one, guys. All right, Scotty. Uh, Scotty, let's go back to some of your ranks here real quick. I want to ask you about a couple wide receivers before we uh, give our official picks here on uh, Thursday Night Football and we turn it on over and get ready for uh, Blewett to join the party here. Um, Scott, in your wide receiver ranks, you know, you're, it's interesting because you just said, you know, DJ Moore, we just said no. Uh, it was not ahead of some of these other guys. I look at your ranks, though. You know, you have Robert Woods is wide out 10. Brandon Cooks is wide out 12. And the other guy, who's the And Keenan Allen, the other guy, you said at wide out 4. So, I mean, he's got three studs right there. But oh, I don't yeah. want to let the, get the listeners, um, you know, two down on DJ Moore. Because you do have him as your wide out 23, which is in decent territory, right? You mentioned yes. he's been productive in the last month. And, you know, you do have him as back end wide out two. Territory. So remember, Scott, just to our point last segment, all of these are all relative, right? For for yeah. for Dom, DJ Moore at your ranking of 24 is definitively not in his lineup. You know what I mean? But there's a lot of other people out there because I would say the rank of 23 uh, overall, I would venture to say that he does belong Relatively speaking, in most people's lineups, Dom is just a great example of him having strength. So, relatively speaking, he doesn't belong. But overall, you still, you know, you still, uh, let's say, let's use that word confident, right? Are, are you still confident in DJ Moore relative to all the other wide receivers in the NFL? <laughs> yeah, certainly by ranking him 22. And it's but also, that's what I'm saying. It's, you know, it's illustrative about. How you know the wide receiver three three position is shaky for a lot of fantasy owners. They're not in Dom's situation. Right. Uh, you know, right now you might be having to choose between Deshaun Hamilton and uh, you know guys like Curtis Samuel or DJ Moore. So they, sure. you know, that's that's something you have to consider. Uh, you know, Cam Newton is really throwing everything to the sticks and underneath right now. But DJ Moore, you know, like we saw last week, can certainly. Uh, you know, he can rack up some catches. He can rack up yardage after the catch. So I think you have to like him. You know, I I, I think Carolina, you know, there's a very, very important game for them. And they're not going to lay down in the divisional matchup. So I think you're going to get decent numbers from their wide receivers. Yep. You also have uh, Moore and Samuel, the two Carolina wideouts, back-to-back with each other. 
You know, so is it safe to say that a lot of the stuff we're saying about DJ Moore, you're also saying about Curtis Samuel? Yeah, Curtis Samuel is, I think, more of a red zone target. Uh, if Cam was able to throw more downfield, I think you'd see more big plays from him. But you know, he, look, uh, what was it? The last two weeks, he's had good PPR numbers. The two weeks before that, he's gotten in the end zone. He's a playmaker. So you know, I, I kind of like him. Yep, absolutely. Listen, other names you have inside your top 30 are people we've been talking about that you could have gotten last week or this week on the waiver wire. Guys like Tim Patrick, Deshaun Hamilton, Robert Foster as well. But I want to ask you about another guy you have a little bit higher, and that's Josh Reynolds. We talk about the Rams offense and how you want shares of them. It's crazy, not crazy, but I think it's um, an interesting point that you have the third wide receiver from the Rams – as the 21st wide receiver overall means you expect a lot of production over there from these Rams wide receivers. If there's enough to go around that the third best guy is still uh, a back end wide receiver too. The Rams scored six points last week and now they get a, a, a matchup at the opposite end of the spectrum. The Eagles are one of the very worst against opposing wide receivers and passing games. This is a prime matchup for him to get back in the end zone. I think Josh Reynolds is a great play this week as a wide receiver three or a flex. Yeah, absolutely. Let's look real quick at the tight ends in the couple of minutes that we have left before we look at Thursday night football. Listen, the tight ends we know. We talk, we've got a new big three with Kelsey Ertz and Kittle. You know about Ebron. You know about Gronk. In, opinion, in my opinion, Gronk crushes the Pittsburgh Steelers, so he might be ready to go. Jalen Samuels, remember um, – He's in there because of his eligibility. We've talked about guys like Jared Cook, Cameron Bray, Ian Thomas, all those. You do, however, have, I mentioned this guy, you do have Vernon Davis of Washington inside your top 12. There's no Jordan Reed. So it sounds like you think Vernon Davis is a viable kind of a stream or plug-in this week. You talk about relativity and yep. all the guys after him. After number 12 in my lineup ranks on rotoexperts.com this morning with player outlooks this week, you can't trust any of them to have any kind of floor whatsoever. Trey Burton's at number 13. You know, he's complete, complete shot in the dark. Everybody after 12, is. I feel like there'll be decent volume for Vernon Davis, even though Josh Johnson is the quarterback. Yeah, no, I hear you. So, so how do you I can't be comfortable it? with any tight end be- below nine. Okay, and nine. let's put... And let's put it this way. So, okay, you draw the line kind of after Cameron Brait, it's, it seems yeah. like. Let, but, so let's say this, Scott, you know, let's say whatever your situation is, right, where you are in a position where you, you kind of need to hit a dart throw in this level. Like, you know, let's say your options are in Joku and Hooper and Graham or Ingram or whatever those things are. Like, not, talk to me about what are your guiding principles here when trying to make that decision on a dart throw for tight end? For me, it's always been, who do I think has the best chance to score a touchdown? Because when I'm in this level and you can't be like your, your word confident, I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to get the, the touchdown because that, that's what's going to help me. Is that what drives your thinking at this level? If you need to toil here in uh, tight end 11 through 18 here, what, what, is the, what are the factors that are going to make your decision when you're throwing a dart throw here? Uh, sometimes it's a touchdown, and sometimes it's it's volume. It really, it really depends on the player. Like I have Trey Burton at number thirteen. He's I think he's touchdown dependent. David Njoku, you know, you hope he gets five for fifty. I don't expect him to get in the end zone. Uh, Vance McDonald, he's just he's boomer bust, but I kind of like him against a little bit against New England. Yep. 
Austin yep. Hooper, you hope he gets the end zone. Jimmy Graham, you don't hope he gets in the end zone at all. I don't think he's had a red zone target in like his last five games. Yep. Uh, Dallas, go there, you expect in the end zone. And I really don't want to use anybody after that. And C.J. Izoma, you know, has been absolutely awful. You know, it, it shows yeah. how bad the tight end position is when you talk about a guy who's got two touchdown catches and no games above 55 yards. I don't care that he faces the Raiders. I'm not going to roll him out there. You know, if I could just yeah. rank t- 15, I'd get away with it, and, you know, that'd be fine. Uh, I would probably say after number 15, if I have to use any of these guys, I, I really have a stomach ache. Yeah, no, I hear you. I will make the one plug for a guy that I've been talking about all season long. I know you think he's overrated, but I like uh, the kind of matchup and the conditions for Vance McDonald this week. And let me tell you why, Scott, a number of reasons. One, Jalen Samuels showed that he wasn't able to really tote the rock. I think they're going to try and throw a lot more on Sunday against New England. And here's the other thing. What we saw New England do, I saw, when we saw New England a couple weeks ago against the Minnesota Vikings, they are the team. Bill Belichick's defense was the one that started this idea of like, oh, let's double-team Thielen and Diggs. I actually believe they're going to apply similar approaches to Pittsburgh and double-team A.B. and Juju, and now with the running game not necessarily developing either, it's the same kind of thing I said about Kirk Cousins and like Aldrick Robertson and Kyle Rudolph with Minnesota, that someone else needs to step up. If it's not Antonio Brown and Juju, if they're being doubled, I believe New England might do that, and if they don't have, if they have only Samuels in the running game, they're going to have to look for some other guys to contribute, and I think one of those guys is going to be Vance McDonald this Sunday. I understand where you're coming from. It's just, you know, I can't have any faith in him, though, because I could probably count on one hand and not get to five the amount of good games that he's had this year. Uh, So I really can't trust Mm -hmm. him, and there's always the threat that they could be going to Jesse James instead of Vance McDonald. Yeah, we shall see. We shall see. You know, you talk about counting on one hand. What my man Vance will do is take that hand and ball it up and stiff arm you to the sidelines with it. But we start tonight What's on year, Week 15, yeah. Scotty. Tonight, Week 15, get started with a huge matchup at Arrowhead. The Kansas City Chiefs are three-and-a-half-point favorites. The total is 54 in this game. Listen, I— <laughs> You know, this, you talk about like Phillip Rivers and the Chargers and like their big comeback against Pittsburgh being a kind of statement win. I, I, I if the Chargers win tonight, Scott, this, na- the narrative, us uh, tomorrow morning is going to be like, hold everything in the AFC. I think this is very interesting. Both teams somewhat depleted. What's your pick here, Scotty? How do you think this one plays out? Uh, this is a tough one, but I, I'm, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Kansas City here. Uh, I think they've just they've basically been unstoppable for a while now, and Rivers is having the best regular. Back, River Rivers is that Rivers is the well. Look, so so are the uh, so are the Chargers, right? This is true. So you know that's true. So I think it comes down who do, who do I want to count a little bit more with the game on the line. I'm going to take Mahomes over Rivers. Yeah, I I hear you. I think uh, are this you going to lay the three one, and a half? Are you going to lay the three and a half points, or do you expect such a close game that that three and a half, that extra half point, I could easily see this being a field goal game. Like, Scotty, I can easily see a 34-31 kind of final in this one, a 31-28 kind of final I, in I this one. I could see it being 34-33, I'll lay it. Some, you know, something like that. So you are yeah. going to lay the points? Yep. All right, but when you say you see it 34-33, that means you're not laying the points. I, I bet the reverse. 
Okay, so but are you so you're picking the Chiefs to cover the three and a half point spread? Yeah, I I think I think they'll win. So obviously, yeah. And you think they'll win by more than three and a half? I think they win by like two points. So that you don't pick them to, then to cover, Scott. Then you want the Chargers and the points. Oh, you're confusing me here. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm a little confused here. Let me let me back up and start Do over. Do you think the Chiefs uh, can cover a three-and-a-half-point spread? No, I don't think so, but I think they're going to okay. win the game. So you think the char- – but you like the points, and you would take the Chargers plus three-and-a-half because you think it will be such a close game, correct? Yes, yes. All right, I and what the about Chiefs the Chiefs to- a very tight one. Right, so in that scenario, you like the three-and-a-half points and the Chargers, it sounds like. Um, yes. And then the total, Scott, is up at 54. Um, do you think these, this is oh, the kind of over. offensive game? So you think that these offenses deliver in this one? It's not, it's not, it's not going to be Rams-Chiefs, but they're going over. Real quick one, real quick, Scott, like 20 seconds on this one, I know. Um, they're expecting, like, you know, the weather. It's going to be cold at night in Kansas City. Does this weather have anything to do? Do you care about that at all? Cali team no, coming in? Not really. Unless there's heavy wind, it doesn't. I don't oh. think it's going to be a major factor. Fair enough. Well, grab your popcorn because one way or another, it's going to be exciting. And the AFC is going to be, the standings in the AFC are going to be different come tomorrow. We'll talk about it tomorrow, Scott. Have a great Does day. your fantasy team suck? Maybe you need us. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The only free 24-7 fantasy sports radio network.